You're listening to Do What You Want Radio, a podcast series for creative entrepreneurs, freelancers, and those ready to learn how to do what they want. I'm your host, Jordan Heffler. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Do What You Want Radio. Today, I have a special guest, Ellie, who is a professional development consultant and a recent Baton Rouge transplant from Atlanta. So I'm really excited to talk to her. Hello. Hello. So happy to be here. Um, yeah. Do you want me to just go into yeah, a little go bit into more? Yeah, who okay. you are and what you do. First of all, thanks for having me. No I... problem. And wait, take time out. I do want to talk about how we met, which is so funny. So great. So You start. Yeah. Literally, I was at a coffee shop with my friend Eric, and he recognized someone he knew. Yep. And she was with you. Yep. And then we met, and then I was like, you want to be my podcast? You're like, yep. And I was, I followed up, so. <laughs> and that is it, so I've this, only met you, like, yes, once, and yes. we clicked, so that's Here how Here we happened. are. Yeah, and your incredible studio, which oh, I love. My incredible studio, there's no cockroaches today, but every now and then <laughs> there might be one scurrying by, so just keep your eyes peeled. Yes. In um, the glorious garden district, but. Okay. Well, yeah. here we are in, um, before I jump into who I am, quick note, tip, if you have a pen and paper, if you meet someone that you think is awesome in a coffee shop, follow up. Like, yeah. get their contact information. Don't stop. That's, like, entrepreneur tip number one that I tell everyone that I meet is, hey, follow up. Don't just be all all bark and no bite, whatever they say. So, yeah. um, I'm so glad that I was able to reach out, but... Um, as stated, my name is Ellie Overholt. I started a business called Forth. Um, it was inspired by the phrase "Go Forth," which we'll talk. I'm sure we'll get into that and how I I got to that title. But I am a professional development consultant, um, working with mostly young people. I like to say young people because it could be college students, it could be young professionals looking to pivot in their career, um, and I really just have a passion for acting as a mentor. I had a a lot of phenomenal mentors in my life who helped me along the way and helped me get to the career path that I chose initially out of college. Um, And I just felt like that was an invaluable experience. And I wanted to be able to provide that to other students and other young people. So that's, that's really how it, the idea was formed initially. So yeah, that's what I do. What did you go into after college? So I graduated from Georgia Tech with a business administration degree, um, and I concentrated in operations and supply chain, which is like very technical, type A, details, Excel, all that good stuff. Um, Knew that that wasn't my end-all, be-all, but decided that I wanted to pursue it, and, and then if I wanted to change, I could pivot to something totally different, but since I had the degree... I might as well just see what was there. Um, Started with a management consulting firm right out of college. Kind of that safety net of benefits and great salary and um, all that good stuff. And was there for about three and a half years. Um, So a year into, well, I should say two weeks into working there, I got engaged. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yes, to my high school sweetheart of, I guess it was like six years at the time we'd been dating. And so we got engaged and my fiance at the time said, honey, we're moving to Baton Rouge. Um, my job, his job was taking him here. And, um, I stayed on with that company for about three and a half years, um, and had a phenomenal experience in terms of learning beyond learning. Um, and I would recommend, you know, upon graduation, if, if you know, there's kind of music in your heart, I like to call it. Um, if you know that there's music in your heart to be an entrepreneur or to be a creative in your own right and to, you know, do what you want, 
but you do feel like there are some gaps in your skill set, I would definitely encourage students to do that. And, and I encourage my clients to do that. You know, yeah, you're a finance degree, but, you know, maybe you want to, I don't know, work for a magazine or, or go into marketing. Well, that's great. If the opportunity's there, do it. If it's not, pursue the path that you studied and then you can always pivot. That That's kind of mm-hmm. what I tell them. So management consulting was what I started in. But it was very, very clear to me that I loved students and I actually ran the orientation program that my firm did. So anytime we had new hires come in, I would basically handle the communication of them coming in, teaching them all the things that they needed to know. So like Excel skills and how how to create the PowerPoints for the client and all that stuff. Um, And I just loved it. Like I wanted it to be my full-time job, but it it wasn't an opportunity at that firm to be full-time doing that. So um, that's kind of where I started to put some puzzle pieces together in my head of if I ever did anything on my own, it would I would want it to be in this this world. And I didn't even really know what that meant at the time. But I knew that was kind of like the direction that I wanted it to go. So did you start your business while you were still in Atlanta or did you wait until you moved here? So I... When I was in Atlanta, I was very much like head down doing that consulting work. Um, then when we moved here, I was working remote for about two years, traveling back and forth to Atlanta. And at that time, I like to say fourth was an idea. I didn't have it labeled as fourth, but mm-hmm. doing my own thing was an idea, but I didn't really pursue it. I was really fearful of what that would look like. And I, I you know, I just didn't want to step away from the salary and like I said, benefits and all that security. Um, but early 2018, my husband and I started seeing some writing on the wall that we probably weren't going back to Atlanta anytime soon. Um, and so the traveling was just getting out of control. Mm-hmm. And, and that's when I really, really started to think, okay, maybe this is the universe telling me jump, make a jump. What does that look like? So from like January 2018 to May, I started just reaching out to Baton Rouge folks reaching out to my mentors in Atlanta saying, hey, this is an idea of mine. What are your thoughts? What if I did this? What if I did that? And and I got good feedback and good, hey, that, that may not work or that's going to be really difficult, but maybe that's what you want to do. So continued that, um, ended up leading my job May 2018, knowing that I wanted to to make this transition into fourth, did some work with a summer camp um, in the summer of 2018 to just kind of like get the wheels on, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like going from this nine to, I shouldn't even say nine to five, like seven to seven, honestly, um, consulting job to, okay, I'm going to do my own thing. What does that look like? Working with middle schoolers, teaching them about entrepreneurship. It was like an entrepreneurship camp, <laughs> which is really, really cool. And it's based in Atlanta, actually. It's called Break Into Business, quick plug. Um, but I did that um, all through the summer. And then um, in July is when I officially LLC'd fourth. And I was full-time fourth and being like a consultant. But it basically looked like me sitting in my house uh, <laughs> brainstorming what my <laughs> next step was. So that's – and that was – literally July 2018. So, so you haven't even cleared a year yet. Uh-uh, That's no. exciting. No, yeah. So it's been, it's been, it feels like it's been about five years. <laughs> yeah. You know, just with everyday learning so much, but it's been great. I mean, I'm so pleased that I made the jump and, and like in this world now. So, so when you get, first of all, you said you were reaching out to clients. So you do a lot of pitching. Yes. 
I am terrified of pitching. Lots of pitching and lots of proposal drafting, which I can talk about that too. Yes, please do because I'm someone who like thankfully has enough business to stay busy that comes to me, Mm -hmm. Uh, but there's so many situations where I'm like, I would like to work with that person and I just don't pitch. And I know everyone's like, you need to start pitching. And I'm like, yeah, just be like, hello, would you like to work with me? I was going to say, you're so talented. (laughs) I'm surprised that you don't pitch more, but yeah, so that's interesting. So, cause when I, a little bit of backstory um, of coming to Baton Rouge, I did not want to come here. I did not want to live here. I was counting down the days until my husband was like, okay, we're going back. Um, mostly because Atlanta was this huge market, yes. hustling, bustling, so many contacts there, so much. I mean, my whole family lives there. My husband's whole family lives there. Just that was kind of the philosophy. So um, when I decided, okay, we're not moving back right now or ever, I don't, I'm not sure, Um I need to just do this, regardless of location. And that's something I would also encourage other entrepreneurs listening. You really need to believe in what you're doing and let the circumstantial um, factors kind of fall by the wayside. So whether that be location, whether that be, you know, having all the right contacts in place, because to be honest, I did not know many people at all in the city Mm -hmm. and most people would say like oh you can't start a business unless you like have at least a couple like clients in the pipeline how are you going to do this I mean logic says that would be really hard and it has been really hard but what I will say in terms of pitching what I decided was I needed to focus on where my value currently was and my value at that point was being able to connect with students face-to-face. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually, Google search, reached out, found all these emails of LSU student organization presidents, Greek organization presidents and advisors, um, even if I could find professors' emails. I mean, anyone that was interested in free talent coming to speak and educate their students on something. So I basically said, hey, I, we are fourth LLC. I do this for a living. I would love to come speak to your students for free just as kind of a, hey, I'm Ellie. This is what I do. Because um, I knew that if I could get in front of students, they were much more likely to want to work with me, mm-hmm. obviously, as opposed to just like an email like, hey, this is what I do. You want to sit down and talk? Mm-hmm. That feels very salesy to me. But I knew that if I provided a little bit of value and entertainment in some sorts, um, that they would just want to learn more, honestly, about who I was. And so that that ended up being such a great path. And to this day, it has continued to help me with my pitching and my proposals because when I – this just happened the other week. I go to guest lecture, right, and the professor brings me in, but I don't get paid for that, for that experience. Mm-hmm. But I can be in front of – whole room full of students that are really in this dilemma of what am I going to do after school and I don't know what to do and they're looking for a sidekick like they want someone to walk through that process with them and so I say hey if you're interested I would love to connect with you one-on-one I'm a coffee shop connoisseur this is like what I do for a living you know Mm -hmm. let's meet up and instead of giving them business cards I just have a sign-up sheet and they fill out their information and then the ball's in my court which Another quick entrepreneurship tip, never give your information, especially to young people. I mean, you can give it, but also make sure you get theirs because you're much more reliable, if that makes sense. Um, So anyway, so then what will happen is, you know, John Smith in that class is like, 
oh my gosh, that was awesome. They go to their next class and their professor is saying to them, if any of you know any guest speakers, that would be great. And then he goes and refers me. And that's happened now like three or four times. So that's that's been amazing just to get in front of more students, especially I didn't go to LSU. I, you know, I'm not from here, all that good stuff. Um, but what I will say is, it has been a huge learning experience to then go get coffee with those students and to navigate the pitch experience because I probably did 10 of them where I felt so uncomfortable pitching myself Mm -hmm. and what I was feeling like very, I was just feeling like a slimy car salesman. Right. But yet I really had all the great intentions in my heart. I was never trying to sell them something they didn't need. I was genuinely just saying this is what I provide. These are the prices. Da 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 da. And I don't think one of those ten initial coffee like meetups prospecting worked out. And I just felt so disappointed. Like, what is going on? I thought this would be so great. They heard me. They liked me. And what I realized was, I wasn't ever listening to what they needed. I was only communicating what I could offer. And that seems like that would work, but um, I've read so much literature recently and, and around this time when I was trying to figure out how to do it better, there's so much literature around your customer is the hero, right? They are the ones, they think they've got it all figured out. And we think we've got, like myself included as a client and a customer of other people, I think I've got it all figured out. And I'm not looking for a hero, I'm looking for a helper. Mm-hmm. So... I'm on my journey to success in my mind, right? And so I just want people to kind of walk alongside me and hold my hand and cheer me on and pat my back. Well, I was approaching them as like, I'm going to be your hero and I'm going to make all this better. And they're thinking, well, I don't really need a hero. I just need a helper. And so the way that I transition my pitch is, hey, I'm Ellie. This is what I do. What's your name? And I want you to tell me everything that's going on in your world and how you think I fit into that. Mm -hmm. And nine times out of ten, we leave that meeting with them being like, I need you to help me with this. And then we go home, I send them, based on what I've heard, only based on what I've heard, I say, okay, these are two proposal options for you based on what you've told me. If I'm off base on either of these, you just feel free to tell me because we can adjust and we can make it whatever you need it to be. And they're... I, th- I think I've only had one out of like 20 clients decline because it's so in line with what they they know that they need. They're, they're not listening to someone say, you need this. They're just seeing a response to what they've already communicated that they want and need. So it's a very interesting pivot and it's amazing what that small change has has transferred to if that kind of makes sense. That totally makes sense. And I feel like I've I've either heard that or read that too, mm-hmm. but this whole like isn't that like a a presidential quote like ask what not you can do for your country but oh, what yeah. your co- or whatever. <laughs> yeah, 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 but, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> I don't forget who said that, but yeah. um, but no, it's that it's like what can I do for you versus like here's what I do, you need it. Yes, you need it. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I feel like um I talked about this with someone else too, but like if if more than 3 people come to you with the same problem you need to make a product or service to be a solution a hundred and fifty percent so like for a long time everyone and their mother kept asking me like how do you 
like what phone apps do you use? How do you edit pictures? And so I eventually was like, here's an online workshop on how uh-huh. you can do it uh-huh. because this is the pro- the pain points that you've expressed to me that you have. Absolutely. But now I don't ever think about that with my photography services. Like I just sit around and twiddle my thumbs, tuck in an email and I'm like, cool, sure, I'll do it. But I never go the other way around and ask how I can help with other people. Yeah, so. especially I would encourage you too. like, it sounds like there are customers and clients that are kind of like, I, I, I say it like this to my actual students. I'm like, who's your like, dream girl when it comes to companies because nine times out of ten I'd rather place someone in a phenomenal culture company and maybe the job isn't exactly what they want to do but the company is so amazing that they're willing to fit that person in Mm -hmm. and then in five years I call that client and they're like oh yeah I'm still at XYZ company I actually changed positions because I realized that first position probably wasn't the best fit but they've made it work for me so for you and for any creative really you kind of want to, like, make your target list based on, like, okay, what would be my dream client? Like, mm-hmm. what would be my dream, you know, Amazon, whatever it may be. And then what do they what do they actually need and want? And then nine times out of ten, you already provide that. But it's just letting them know, like, oh, yeah, I can see that you need that. Like, I can help you with that. Yeah, and it, sometimes it's, like, the, the customer doesn't, like you were saying, when you're a customer, like, I go to, like, I don't know. I don't want to say a hairdresser because I love my hairdresser, but, yeah. like, pre- previous hairdressers or whatever, yeah. I'd go and I'd be like, I want this. And it's like, they, I don't, instead of just trusting them to do what they think would look right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so Interesting. I get angry when people hire me and they're like, you need to do this, this, and this. And I'm like, why don't you trust me to do what sure. I do? Sure, And so sometimes people don't realize what they need until you can tell them, Absolutely. like, this is what I do and this is how I can help you. This is why you're hiring me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm the same way when I'm on the customer end with all kinds of people. Like, yeah. Like, I'll hire somebody for, I don't know. I can't even think of an example right now. But you know what I mean? Like, when you're a customer, you have this, like you said, you're the hero and you think you're right and you, think you, you have it figured out. Yes. And the salesperson doesn't even have a chance because you've already made up your mind. Yeah. But when you're on the, the salesperson side, side of that, yeah. you're like, no, I'm trying to help you. Like, Yes. And what's funny about that, too, is, like, if I have a client and I've already heard what they need and want, let's say they want a resume, I get really frustrated when I have very very proven methods like scientific backing research-based resume templates and they don't want anything to do with them and part that's part of my that's part of my value honestly because they don't know it's not their fault they they don't need to know what a proven hiring manager templated resume and I get like industries are different I'm not saying every single industry needs the same resume but I get frustrated when they want a res. They want to stick with their resume. Sure, they want me to edit it some, but they're not willing to do a full switch. And part of me feels like, okay, I'm walking through this process with you. I want to give you the best of the best, and I wish that you would just take my advice. But at the same time, it, it's their resume. Mm-hmm. Like I can't. It's not mine. If it was mine, it's a no brainer. I would stick with my resume. But I need to give them my advice, and then they can do with it what they want. So that's yeah. what's. That's what's hard. We It's funny. My husband and I were redoing our backyard um, very, like, minimally. Just, hey, let's make sure we can, like, live out here. It would be fun. We brought in, like, a couple landscapers. And since I'm in this world of pitching and prospecting, I was so turned off by, like, every single one of them. Because they would come and they would just talk the whole time about all these different projects they were doing. And they never asked what we wanted. Like, they never said, 
Or even better yet, the wife. I was telling my husband, I'm like, you would think that they would ask the wife. The wife's the one saying yes or no. Like, we don't, I don't, I said, I don't want to work with that guy. I don't want to work with that guy. Because he never even asked what I wanted. And finally, we got a guy in who was saying like, well, I mean, it's just a matter of like what you guys want. I mean, I could do this. I could do this. I could do this. But it's your decision. I was like, boom, this is our guy. And to your point, it's amazing. When you're the customer, it makes so much sense because you're like, I'm hiring you. Why don't you just do what I yeah. want? So anyway, it's a, and, and there's a fine line too because sometimes I tell my clients, if this is really the direction you want to go, I'm probably not the best fit for you. So that's okay too, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you feel like that with photography is like, okay, this is my brand. This, this is the great value I can provide you. But if that's really not what you're looking for, I can maybe help you find someone else. Yes, and that's something that I, um, I've i heard other photographers do where they they know right away or after a couple questionnaires uh-huh. or whatever yeah. that they don't want to work with that person, so they send them somewhere else. And I am such a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. That is something I struggle with where sometimes I'm seeing the red flags and I have to make up a excuse like, I'm not free that day. Yeah. <laughs> or something I truly don't know how to say, like, we're not a good fit. And I have it on my Frequently Asked Questions page on my website. Like, yeah. Make sure you look at all my photos on my website because what you get will be very similar to what you see. So do not come at me if you don't want what you see. <laughs> and, and I try to say it nicer than that. But it's sure, basically like yeah. if we're not a good fit, I'm happy to refer you to people. Yeah. People ask me all the time, can you shoot my wedding? I don't shoot weddings. I have no problem being like, here are 10 really amazing people. Go forth. Right. But, exactly. Go forth. Yes, go forth. <laughs> but if it's like portraits or something, I still have a hard time sometimes figuring out until I'm like literally on site with the client and I'm like, this is not what I signed up for. But you're already there, right. so you do what you they have want. To, yeah. They're paying you. You give them stuff. They're happy. Nine times out of ten, you're great. But then they go post those photos on Facebook, tell all their and friends. And it's not your Jordan brand. did it. Yeah. It's amazing. Hire her for all your related needs. Yeah. And I'm like, no, please don't hire me. Please. <laughs> so, so it can be kind of like this vicious cycle. Yeah. And I've, I've heard of photographers having really um, poignant, like, questionnaires that, like, the people have to fill out before they even talk about rates, and then they can kind of filter it through by then. Um, And that's something that I probably need to do more of. But so much of what I do is tailored to the client because if it's a commercial-based project, I don't really know what they need because they don't know what they need, and we don't know until we get there and it's a thing. Sometimes you're in too deep before it even happens. And I'm not going to be like, I'm leaving. This is terrible. Right, exactly. (laughs) And I feel like since you do a lot of commercial and corporate work – they're not taking the time to fill out a questionnaire. Right. They don't They care. just they're want like, to talk to you on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, your work looks great. Let's do it. But but some of that, what do you want? That's mm-hmm. hard. I mean, that's a hard balance for sure. I can only yeah. imagine. But I, I recently did start in my, you know, kind of canned response. Like, great. You want to work with me? Please make sure you read my frequently asked questions page linked here before cool. you reach out. And on my contact page, it's like, please read this page before you reach out. Because if you want, I don't know, like. I can't even think. Like, if you want to be naked and pregnant in all black and white photos in a field, <laughs> probably not the best fit. And if you would look at my work on my website, you could probably get an idea that I'm not going to do that. Dang but if you it, want, Jordan, like, I really wanted did you, you to do <laughs> You know what? I can refer you to a bunch of amazing photographers. I'm kidding. Um, but it's, and I do black and white work, but people know me for color. And I sure. do do portraits, but people know me for, like, commercial work. Mm-hmm, and so it's mm-hmm. kind of a little I, – I bend on certain things, but – if you don't read my frequently asked questions page, if you already if you know you want to pay less than my starting rate, then don't reach out. Like if you right. know that you want this and that's not what you see on my website, don't reach out. Because right. then we get in deep. You're not happy. Yeah. I don't know what to do, and yep. it's just this whole thing. So. Yeah. And you want you don't want to be seen as someone who's not willing to compromise. Like that's my biggest thing with clients, especially with students, because they have opinions, and we'll share them, which. 
I love when they share that I did a great job, you know? It's like, tell all your friends how much help I gave you. But it's also a scary thing because I know I know what millennials are like. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm a millennial, so I get it. I When I have a great service done for me, I want to tell everyone. And to be honest, when I have something poorly done, I really want to, like, warn my friends, especially if they're like, hey, I'm going to go do this. I'm like, great, just as a heads but up. Don't. Yeah, <laughs> just as a heads up. And I, I feel so bad doing it because I'm an entrepreneur and I'm like – Maybe she was just having a bad day or whatever. I get all of that. But I also feel that in this world that we live in, we need to be encouraged to provide excellent value. You know, I mean, anyone doing any work should want to be giving excellent value, but especially if you own your own business. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, I completely get that. And that's such a hard balance, I think, especially for a photographer, um, when you're so on brand. Um, yeah. yeah, it can be hard. And I always talk about, too, like, I do so many things that are not, quote-unquote, on brand. And uh-huh. that's fine. Uh-huh. I just don't share those things. I still do them. I get paid cool. for them. Whatever. Yep. It's yep. not going to be the end-all, be-all of what I do. It has yep. to look this way. Everything has yep. to be yellow and orange and blue, and I have to have all these dream clients. Yeah. It's not possible yep. at this stage of my business. Sure. Ten years from now, maybe it's maybe. been whittled yep. down to where people only hire me for that, and I make enough money to say no. Yeah. It's getting there where I can yep. know, like, I don't want to shoot weddings. No. I don't yep. want to do that. But... Sometimes you got to do it, and sometimes you do stuff, and it's not your best work, and the client's still happy, and then you move on. But exactly, um, not everything's going to be the most amazing thing you've ever done and portfolio worthy. Right. I have an artist friend who does. She does um, commission paintings now, but before she got to that point, she was so frustrated because she was getting tons of referral work, but she was so unhappy with the things that they were asking her to do. Like she was like, I feel like I can't share anything. On my right. social, people don't even know that I do custom work because I'm so busy doing things for people. Like, she would sketch. They'd be like, oh, you need an invitation for this event. Great. Let me, like, sketch it out for you. And they'd be like, uh, no, I don't like that at all. She'd tweak it. Nope, nope, nope. And finally, they'd send her, like, a basically a word art, like, <laughs> thing. And they she's like, so do you want me to just, like, sketch this? Like, trace over your word art? Like, I'm so confused. She was like, it was so ugly like I'm so mad but I she'd already paid me like I couldn't not do it but I was thinking to myself why did you even hire me to do this like whatever so I thankfully because I'm not in as a quote-unquote creative of a space there's a little bit of like work around with that but I I mean it's all the same principle of learning when to say no versus yes and being really really strong in your convictions of that Mm -hmm. so yeah so have you had situations where you kind of knew a client wasn't a good fit um so it's more so it's less of a client well let me back up there was I've had clients where they are telling me what they want and realistically based on and I mean this with all compassion in my heart realistically based on the experience that they had during their years in college, I kind of saw that that end goal probably wasn't realistic. Only because I see resumes all the time. I talk to hiring managers all the time. And there were just certain things that they were looking for in terms of stability, salary, type of position, all that good stuff. And they were graduating undergrad with very little... internship or work experience um you know I I don't necessarily think that everyone needs to have like three internships in college like I don't think that what I do think is you have to somehow prove to the employer that you 
invested in yourself to be something above and beyond just sitting in a classroom taking notes from a professor. Um, I, I really hone in on that with my clients because I think that there's just this perception that, oh, I graduated from college, I'm so marketable. Anyone would want to hire me. And I think that used to be the case. And it's just not anymore because so many more people get degrees, which is such a good thing. I mean, I think education is amazing. But I, I just, I tried to hit home with my clients, hey, I just think the pool of people you're going to be competing with is maybe a little above and beyond what you think. And, and that's okay. And I'm not saying that you don't have a chance. What I am going to say is let's like dive in and I want to pull out every piece of detail that you learned at XYZ company or when you were working as a bartender. Like give me the goods. Like I, I want to know what skills you actually learned because I know you learned skills. But we need to we need to now communicate that to the employer and then let's also train some interview skills so that you can properly communicate it in person too. Because that's the biggest disconnect. Mm-hmm. Like half the students I mean are like, well, I was just a waitress. Okay, you, great, you were a waitress, but you weren't just a waitress. You learned communication you skills learned and customer commu- service. And customer service and-, and you managed money and you, you know, were held accountable for that money and you had to show up on time and you had to look presentable and there's a lot of things that go into that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's that's not by any stretch of the imagination an easy job, but it's how you communicate it. A, a company doesn't know what you did unless you tell them. That's, that, that's like a crazy phenomenon for students, but yeah. it's just the way that it is. So that would be an example of just, um, you know, a struggle where I'm such a people pleaser too, and it's really easy for me to just be like, oh, you've done such a good job. I'm so proud of you. And I feel like that. I feel like such a motherly figure to some of these students. But sometimes I have to reflect back and think, if it was me, I would want to know what I need to do to make this dream a reality. And ultimately, that's why they're paying me, right? To mm-hmm. give them the truth. Um, so that that has been a hard learning lesson for me. But also, I have um, a great mentor in Atlanta who gave me phenomenal advice. She's the one that owns the nonprofit um, summer camp in Atlanta that I worked for. Um, she also went to Harvard Business School and is just kind of a rock star. I literally listen to anything that she says, you know, within reason, obviously. But um, first of all, I would say if there are people in your life as an entrepreneur or a creative that you trust and you see them not only in their work, but in their personal life, and those are and they live a life that you could see yourself living in all of those aspects, not just how they are as a CEO or not just how they are with their family, but both. Um, I would encourage you to like make that a priority and to talk with them and bounce ideas and really get honest with them about what's next for your career and for your business. Um, But something she told me right when I started was, you're constant within your first year of entrepreneurship it's by far the hardest like the first 12 months you're just learning so much hearing so many no's figuring everything out um and she just said you know I just want to encourage you to pursue paths of least resistance and don't be so married to one idea be really open to what this idea could turn into because you don't even know what it could turn into. That's so and, true. and if you are just extremely close-minded and stubborn in some ways about what you want it to be, you may miss an incredible opportunity. Um, but at that same token, if something feels like a really, really hard no, don't force it. 
to your point about brand, if you want to be naked, pregnant, in a field, black and white photo, I know you know that's not the music in your heart. That's not what your talent, your skills, what you even like doing. So, okay, that's a hard no. But as you're meeting clients, it's like, yeah, this doesn't feel exactly what I pictured this to be, but I like the client. It's a, It seems like a great revenue stream. This could open tons of doors. I'm not going to say no to this. Totally. And that I've, I've seen, that has probably pushed my business along way more than it would have if I hadn't gotten that advice because there are things that I do, like I just gave a talk to Miss LSU contestants um, for their pageant is end of March and they brought me in to do a session on interviewing. Interviewing is a thousand percent in my wheelhouse. I'm not a I'm not a pageant coach as in the sense of I don't coach them on how to walk across stage or how to do their makeup and I don't curl their hair the day before the pageant. Like I don't do any of that. But if they want to work with me one on one and have some killer interview content, absolutely I'll do that. And that's a huge market, right? Mm-hmm. Pageants are happening everywhere and those women are incredibly talented and strong-willed and dedicated and I want to work with people like that so that to me was a yes and but I just make it very clear this is what I do for you I'm not going to be there the day of I mean sure if you want to do mock interviews that's one thing but I'm not going to be curling your hair I'm not going to be doing your makeup just because to be honest you wouldn't want me doing that (laughs) so that's so so that's an example of a okay this door has just been open to me and it seems super interesting and it it kind of is in my wheelhouse from that respect of interviewing so um, yeah, that, that, no, that's that, an example. That makes so much sense. I, I feel like uh, my first year of business, I said yes to everything. Uh-huh. So the second year of business, I'm like, I'm not saying yes to everything. And I got kind of a little ego. Uh-huh. I said no to a lot of things. Yeah. And then I had a neck surgery, and it threw me for a loop. And then so the next year, I was like, okay, I have to say yes to everything again because I need to make money. Yeah. And then this past year, I don't even know if that's all the years. I'm, but either way, I've gone back and forth yes, where sometimes I yes. feel like I'm too cool for school. I don't mm-hmm. need to do that. That's not on brand. I see no. But totally. then I've gone to rock bottom where I'm like, I literally will be like doing that all day for you because I need to be rent. <laughs> so then it, you kind of go through these phases of ego too to where it's like you take yourself too seriously where you're like, I don't do that. I don't specialize in that. But then it's yep. like at the end of the day, okay, this person wants to pay me money to do mm-hmm. this for them. And it's mm-hmm. not completely off kilter. It's still photography or mm-hmm. and it's still going to better their business mm-hmm. and it might open up a door like exactly. you said and then sometimes those opportunities turn into like them telling their friend and then it is the situation I wanted to be in exactly. and so you don't really know and so I feel like um entrepreneurs like we we get so tied into like we hear all these things at conferences and in books yep. and it's like yep. know your worth and know your value mm-hmm. and only do what you think and like say no to that and that's yep. taking up too much of your time and the reality is sometimes we need to say yes to things. Otherwise, if I really wanted to be nitpicky and only do the work I wanted to do, I would only work five days out of the year. Seriously, though. At this point in my life. At this point, yeah. Because it's not coming to me as often. Now, all these other piddly little jobs and clients I might have might, like, be something that opens up that door down the line. So you can't can't say no all the time, and you can't say yes all the time either. It's a fine balance. It is a fine balance, yeah. I feel like I've gone through a couple different phases where I had to, like, check myself and be like, okay, maybe I'm on a high horse. Maybe I'm, like, saying no to too many things, and I'm being too stupid about that. Too particular, yeah. Yeah. And that's where I would just encourage, again, having that outside voice. So um, my mentor in Atlanta, she is so good about – shooting it to me straight and same with my husband honestly because he knows like there was one point similar to like what you were saying where you're like I'll say yes to 1700 things that I don't want to do because rent's coming in a week Mm -hmm. where I was at a point where 
I was just looking to make as much money as I possibly could and just work, 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 work and get in front of as many people, which I think there is validity to that and like hustling, sure, all that good stuff. But there was a point where I had like a very serious conversation with my husband. I was like, well, maybe I could, I just got into Pilates and I was like, I could like get trained in Pilates. And then I, and he was like, pump the brakes, Ellie. He was like, you, that is not on your brand. Pilates is incredible. Fitness instructing, incredible. You are not a fitness instructor. <laughs> he was like, I love you and you, you can be as fit as you want to be. But he's like, don't do that to yourself. There is no need for that. And I needed, I just needed like a sane human to look me in the eye who knows me, who knows what I want to do, knows what my goals are, honestly. He's like, you don't have time for that. Why? And he was absolutely right. And I just needed a moment to like reflect and think, okay, not on, not on brand for me at all. I don't necessarily want my clients to be like, oh yeah, Ellie is placing me in my dream job. Oh, and I'm going to go take a Pilates class with her. To me, that's way too confusing. And it feels like I'm trying to be an expert in very varied ideas. So that was, that was a helpful conversation, but genuinely, if I was by myself in that moment, I probably would have signed up to be a trainer in that exact instance. So I just think having people on the outside who know you, and I like to call them like trusted advisors. I tell my clients, get a trusted advisor who knows you, you know them. Like I said before, their lifestyle is something that you value and you could see yourself being one day and ask for their opinion. Um, and with that same thread, um, I was at a conference this weekend speaking. It was um, a it's called Collegiate College Women Leadership Annual Conference. So it brings in girls from it was all, all women, obviously brings in college age women to come and learn leadership, career development, like ideas and strengths and topics and tips, um, as well as like mental health and physical health and just kind of the whole gamut when it comes to like wellness, I guess, in some ways. Um, And what I specifically covered at the conference and presented about was um, communicating your personal brand. And so for a lot of these women, they go into an interview setting or anyone really, men or women, go into an interview setting where they're so certain about what the interview wants to hear they could play this fake tape all day long and they don't end up getting the job. And what I, they don't realize nine times out of 10 is the interviewer genuinely, yes, they're looking for something. They're looking for the right fit. But what they're also looking for is someone that they want to work with. Yes. And if they feel that you're reading off of a, a tape recording that you've memorized because that's what would fit best with that role – it is so painfully clear to them that you're something's a little off. Whether they think you're lying or whether they think something just wasn't clicking, they're just turned off by you as a person in general. And then it doesn't matter if you said the perfect thing. They're not going to hire you because of that. Whereas I was explaining to them and explaining to anyone really who's interviewing or just building their brand when you are so authentically true to who you are and the value that you bring, they have no they have no option but to hire you because in their mind, they're not only thinking this person is so cool and so awesome and I want to work with them because they just seem like a genuine human being, but they know that, wow, I 
thought that I wanted someone with XYZ skills, but the value that they just described they bring, we're going to need that too. And we can't afford to not have them on our team. And that's something that is really hard for young people to understand because we just think, I just graduated from school. I have nothing to give. I just want a job and I'll do anything. Well, everyone has value and purpose. It's just a matter of understanding what it is and then being able to say that across the table from an interviewer and and be authentically real about that. Um, and so I don't know how we got on that topic, but we were talking about just, um, I don't even know, putting ourselves out there and listening to what other people say about our own brands. And I feel like even, you know, any college student looking for a job would need to know that information or mm-hmm. someone pivoting in their career um, from marketing to IT sales or, you know, whatever it is, you need to be so clear on what you bring from a value perspective so that other people are so clear on the value that you bring. And what makes you different, essentially. A hundred percent. I always, so I have this spiel when I introduce myself, um, and I'm surprised I didn't do it on this podcast. There's still time. There's still time. Okay, everybody. So not only am I a career consultant, but I am a college football enthusiast. Okay. Massively, massively, massively. I was a college cheerleader. Um, I am a Wheel of Fortune fanatic. Oh. Fun fact, my mother was actually pregnant with me when she was on the show as a contestant. So I hope, fingers crossed, to be on the show. We're auditioning this year to be on it together for, like, one of their... I hope you get it. Oh, you'll be the first to know. I would love to see that. Yes, reporting live here on... So I watch it, like, religiously. I practice the whole thing. So I love (laughs) Wheel of Fortune. That's what what brings me to, like, making me different. Yeah. And that's what I tell my clients. Find something so crazy cool about yourself that's true. Not, don't make it up. But it's true. But it will help someone remember, even just remember who you are. It doesn't matter if... They like, they know every single word to Full House. There, I met a girl this weekend who was like, well, I know every single word to every single Full House episode. And I was like, so bizarre. I was like, that is bizarre and that's amazing. I was like, you need to use that. And then another girl, and then, so I'm also a coffee shop connoisseur. That's like my three kind of entries, like, so people mm-hmm. can learn a little bit about me. And one girl said, well, a lot of my friends call me a pep talk specialist. Genius. And I thought that's your brand. What a freaking <laughs> I said I said what a brilliant trademark brand trademark. I know I said I was like I kind of want to steal that. But truly she's she said people her whole life have told her this that she gives phenomenal pep talks. Well, people I'm need sorry that. if I was interviewing you and you told me, "Well, my friends always call me a pep talk specialist and you put it on your resume." I don't care. I don't care if you graduated as a chocolatier specialist. I'm hiring you. Like, <laughs> I want you on my team because, hello, who doesn't want a pep talk specialist on their team? And that's something that I just think a lot of people forget, especially with resumes, but also with interviews. Like, be a human. Be a human being. They want to hire a human. They don't want a robot. They want a cool, motivated human. And so, um, anyway, that that's like my piece of encouragement to anyone listening, but also mostly college students, like think through what makes you different and unique because that's the only way they're going to remember you, really. I mean, they don't remember half the things that are on your resume, let alone what you talked about in an interview. So, so, so I collect clowns, so does that... Oh my gosh. They're oh. everywhere. I don't know if you saw Wait, them. I did not notice. Wait, <gasps> hold on. Let me go open this door. Okay. I don't... You don't need a... You don't need a resume, but if you did... Oh! <gasps> Okay, reporting live from this podcast, I'm staring at into her kitchen, and she has a wall of shelves with um one two the three, clown shrine four five six seven eight. 
10 plus, 10 plus clowns <laughs> all on the shelf. You. All behind you. Okay. So exactly that. That makes you completely different. And it's like, I genuinely would not, I I can't believe I didn't notice them. Partially, I'm like, what's wrong with you, Ellie? Not observant. But I mean, seriously, that, that type of thing where I would have never known that about you, number one. And number two, it's like, yeah, there's probably very few people in the world that are clown collectors. That aren't actually psychotic. Because I feel like there's a, there's a subculture of clown enthusiasts that, Sure. Some things going on. Sure. And I'd like to think that I'm semi-normal. Can I mean, we take a quick hiatus on this? Where did this start? How did this become a thing? Yes. Um, I grew up loving the circus, and my parents, cool. I was a clown for, like, my first Halloween. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, You know, I feel like before, like, the 70s, when, like, clowns became, like, trendy to hate and uh-huh, people were scared uh-huh, of them, like, uh-huh. clowns were, like, a big part of, like... You know, children's rooms were decorated yeah. like circus themed. Their clowns would come to your birthday party, whatever. And so I always grew up thinking clowns were great. I was like, they're so funny and colorful yeah. and happy and amazing. Yeah. And so I loved the circus. And my parents would bring me, and we watched like the Ring Ring Brothers like VHS tape on like yeah. repeat. And then the older I got, everyone was like, I'm terrified of clowns. I have chlorophobia, or clowns are creepy. Clowns are this. And I was like, what? Like I love clowns. Like oh. I've always had, had clown masks and yeah. clown costumes and whatever. <laughs> and um, so then it became like a trendy thing for me to, like, capitalize on in college with for my photography. Sure. For because sure. Because it was so polarizing and critiques. People were like, I hate the photos. And I'm like, do you hate the photos? Do you hate the clowns? <gasps> it always, like, turned into this big thing. And it was, like, social experiments. And so I always used clowns as, like, my subject matter for photography. I had all these different series. Um, and so I just genuinely like like collecting vintage clown stuff because it's so yeah. colorful. And it's, it's that pre-70s era it where is, it was where normal. they're all happy. That's what I was about to say is all your clown figurines look so pleasant. I'm very particular about which ones I get. No, there I, are some sad clowns I and they're not I can appreciate that. I can definitely appreciate that. It's like a, I like the vintage 40s, 50s, 60s circus paraphernalia. So. Oh, I love it. Well, so, okay. <laughs> that's do, you, that do you like that movie? Um. I, I'm blanking on it, but the the one that just came out about Barnum and Bailey. No, no, the the fun one, the oh, with the, all the music. What's it called? Uh, Greatest Showman. I haven't seen it. <gasps> I haven't, but I hear it's amazing. Okay, there aren't clowns in it, but I love you the circus. Have to watch stuff. it. I'm, I'm I love Cirque du Soleil. Cirque du Soleil is like my thing. Too. I've seen like 20 shows, truly, because of the um, acrobatics and right. the gymnastics part of it. But I you. Okay. I still haven't seen it. You I've heard my mom is a soundtrack. To, I've heard the music. You have to see it. Okay. It's very, very good. I cried. It's I hear it's very great. good. You should um, put that on your list. Yeah. There was that other sad one with the elephant. Oh. I don't remember. Anyways, no, I, I like, like all the vintage sad. Stuff. No, you would really but like, like it. But like 50s and uh, antique stores always have some sort of 50s or 60s clown if I haven't bought it yet. Yeah. So I'm always on the lookout. They're all vintage. Okay, people, well, now I'll keep a lookout. Well, now it's a funny thing. Know. Like you said, people know me for that. So. Some of them, people have, like, found in their grandma's, like, uh, attic, and they're like, Jordan will want this. So, like, they call me, and so I, like, take their clowns. See, and that's so cool. I I really appreciate that, actually. So you're not creeped out? Everyone thinks it's bizarre. I'm not creeped out at all. Okay, good. I'm actually just kind of concerned that I didn't notice it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, mostly because your apartment is just so colorful and amazing that I think I was just taking it all in, and you're... I was really admiring your bar cart. I don't know if what oh, that thanks. says about me, I got but I was from admiring it. Pink Elephant Antiques down the street. I yes. I've been there many a times. A I lot of the stuff's from there. That Obsessed place. with that place. Yes. Shout out Pink Elephant. Shout out. But yeah. So anyway, not creeped out at all. I think it's amazing. Well, good. But that should you. definitely go on your resume if you ever update it. Yeah. Well, it's one of those things where when I speak at presentations or whatever, oh, I yeah. say like I like color, rock music, and burritos. Now I need to add clowns. You need to add clowns. Because I used to kind of be embarrassed of the clown thing. Everyone no, 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 was no. so 
thought it was so weird. They were like, are you, like, mentally Mental. unstable? <laughs> are you, like, I don't know. Because I even, like, I was a clown for a friend's kid's birthday party. Yeah. I was JoJo the Clown. Yeah. And they paid me like, sure, to do absolutely. face painting. Oh, my God. This is another side story off the cuff here. But So I was JoJo the Clown. I had to drive to the party. Sure. So I was, yep. And I drive a Volkswagen Beetle. I mean, at the time, it was That's a different one. But correct. So I, yeah. like, showed up. All the kids were trying to take off my nose. They were like, you're not a real clown. Uh, and they were like, if you were a real clown, you'd drive a clown car. I was like, look out the window. And they're all like, oh, my God. No well, then, way. so one kid, <laughs> I did face painting. And I was, yeah. like, doing, like, hearts and, like, stars and, like, stupid stuff. Yeah. Some kid asked me, like, what do you? Th- what is the craziest thing someone would ask you to paint on their face as a child? Like, he was like, I want... <laughs> I want a picture of a man talking on a cell phone. No. That was what the request was. And I had already done two things on his cheek, so I did it on his forehead. So we had a stick figure with a cell phone and Jojo the Clown. Yes. You're a great human because I would have been like, (laughs) sorry, kid, you already got two paintings. I was confused. I was like, why is this your request? Like, you're like six or seven years old, and that was like what he wanted. But, anyways, that that was a huge side note. No, no, no. Jojo the Clown still lives. I mean, it's not. It wasn't always my wheelhouse, but talking about things that open up opportunities. If your child needs a clown yeah. for their party, yeah. you Give know, Jordan a call. I could be interested. Yeah. We can talk. Yeah, we'll talk. <laughs> we'll take it offline and we'll talk. <laughs> no, I, I I do think that. And even someone asked me, because I'd given this presentation about building your personal brand and thinking through things that are authentically you. And one girl had asked, well, if I come up with a list of, you know, whatever, 20 things, is that too much? And I said, well, it's not too much. There's never too much that um, kind of embodies who you are. Mm -hmm. But what I would encourage you to say is pick the top five that are ridiculously unique to you. Like, you tell me it and not a single person in this room could raise their hand and say, oh, me too. I mean, I don't know if that exists for her, but that's that's kind of the guidance I was giving her. Because if we're trying to kind of build this brand for ourselves or for our business... We want it to be unique, right? I think anyone can agree with that. So that goes the same with ourselves. And I and I, I really stress this because I think we feel that if we say, oh, I like college football, Wheel of Fortune, and coffee shops, that's all that I am. Well, clearly that's not everything that, that – that's not everything of who I am, clearly. So I think they just get so, like, wrapped around that axle of, oh, but I'm also – a sister and and yeah amazing those things are all great but when we're narrowing in on how we're going to communicate this to an employer we have to be specific and we also have to be so different um, and that's what makes it beautiful and great so would you say that it's important for college students to begin to build a personal brand now a thousand percent um, and it's something, to be really frank I did not do as a college student because I just thought oh I'm going into consulting She's going to get a day job. And, and a lot of my friends were in a more creative realm. There, There's a degree at Georgia Tech called industrial design. And it's basically like the design and creation of things. So like they would design chairs and I mean it was craziness. And a lot of my good friends were in that degree and they all had online websites, personal websites. And I just remember thinking, oh, that's cool. Like because they're in this field, they can – do this branding for themselves and make a website and honestly I wish that I had built a website I wish I had bought my name domain well I guess my name's changed because I got married but 
I wish I would have bought my name domain and started a website at that point in college because it's so easy to do, number one. Number two, it would have helped me get really specific on how I view myself in a corporate environment, in a personal environment, like, and really just hone in on that. And when I would have started my business, it would have been a very seamless transition because things that I honor now, whether it be aesthetically or just personally or what I believe or quotes that I like, stuff like that, all of that is pretty consistent. And if it changed, great. My brand can, your brand can morph and change. Like Mm -hmm. what you like when you're 20, it can change when you're 25, when you're 30, when you're 50, it doesn't matter. But I think a lot of like business folk, um, communication majors, like whatever you are, I think they just think, oh, well, I'm not starting my own business, so I don't need a brand. But I think you just never know when you're going to need your own personal brand and you're communicating your brand every single day every time you open your mouth you are hoping to be on brand with who you are that and I think because social media is so big now you Uh pretty much already have a platform it's your Instagram it's your Twitter it's your Facebook or whatever and like I am guilty of the same like in college I was like just posting whatever didn't think about it no one would communicate I never heard the word brand in college not even once like never like like, you had a brand of jeans or like a brand of (laughs) whatever like yeah, coffee that you brand. liked but yeah. you didn't I never had been communicated that in regards to like myself or sure. what I could be or like what my business and I didn't even know I was gonna have a business but exactly. it was never communicated to me so exactly. looking back like I have like some ratchet photos out there that are oh, yeah. so off-brand but at the yeah. time it was just like me sharing whatever and I think with social media being so popular now it's important that everyone takes good pictures and like has like yeah and there's so many know, ways to take good pictures I know you personally like sell and teach and like how to you have your chromatic yeah I have like, online workshops yes. for that yeah and it's not just for like I, I built it because it's not just for photographers photographers probably don't need to take it they exactly. are photographers it's for, it's for like everyday people <laughs> it's for people who have their own business it's yeah. for um, you know moms who started an Etsy shop and want to sell wreaths it's totally. for like whatever and so I think uh, that's my biggest regret is, like, because um, I look back at, like, the sorority I was in and, and see, like, oh, all these girls are so cute. I go stalk some of them sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, they have brands. Like, that's so weird. My Instagram did not look like that. Did not look like pumped. that. Yeah. It's becoming more and more, like, acceptable for, like, you to have a brand even if you don't do anything. Like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I, I also recently – so I heard recently in within people that I follow and, and admire, there was something that was said about – Brand. First of all, brand is definitely a buzzword. That's, yes. that's like everyone wants to talk about it. And I think it's a good thing. I've heard recently like, oh, brand is such a um, constricting mechanism, right, in some ways because you're putting yourself in a box and you don't – and they were kind of alluding to the fact that, you know, like branding, like physical, like taking yes, the like, – on like, a cow. On a like- cow. Right. They were saying that like that's basically what you're doing to yourself. And I – obviously disagree because of everything that I've just said but the way that I really had to take a step back and think about that concept and think wait a second is there validity here and I think in some cases sure if you're trying to if you are trying to fit yourself into a different brand that is different than authentically what you are then that is that definition right Right. you are branding yourself to be something that you're not the way that I have ultimately decided to communicate this to not only my students but just to remind myself is I believe having a personal brand or having a brand is to gain clarity and confidence in your value and purpose so that is a very kind of 
architectured saying to remind myself that my brand is only to give myself confidence and clarity in who I am, what my mission is with Forth, and what value I bring. Because if I don't clearly articulate it, like I said earlier, the person you're talking to will have no idea the value and the purpose that you bring to that setting, to that relationship, etc. So I disagree with feeling like it's a physical, like, you know, whatever, on a cow branding. Yeah. But you have to be careful because if you're not being intentional about what your brand is, you could easily jump into another bucket. And I am in a world of consulting um, experts and career experts, and I bring a different value than someone who um, is in their 50s, who came from, uh, you know, college admissions or whatever. That's amazing. They have their own brand, but I can't try to be them because I'm not them. I bring a completely different value to the table. I just went through this in terms of finding a job, finding my purpose, all that good stuff. And so I just bring a completely different value, and that's great. But at the beginning, I was really stalking all their pages and their sites and thinking, oh, how do I? But I just kept feeling like that feels so unnatural to me. And then when I finally realized, okay, I'm just something different and that's okay, everything seemed easier. Everything seemed easier. That reminds me of like when I – because I started a website in college because we kind of had to later on, but I think I had started it before – then because I just mm-hmm. had like a flicker and I was like and yeah, J yeah, yeah. H photography and like my <laughs> MySpace like it. or whatever it's since changed but okay. um but yeah so having a website and all I would do especially when it, years later when I was like I'm gonna do this professionally mm-hmm. like whatever all I would do was go look at my favorite photographers and look at their websites and I'd be like oh well their bios in third person so I'm like mm-hmm. writing Jordan Heffler is an an MFA <laughs> whatever graduate of the Louisiana right. State University and so it was like this whole like pretentious thing right and then. It'd be weird because then I'd have, like, on the same website a blog. And I'm like, what's up, y'all? Like, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And, like, it just didn't fit. And so I'm like, well, why are all these photographers doing their website this way? When I feel like I should do it this way. But it held me back for so long because I was like, well, they did this. So I'm going to have it in third yep. person. I'm yep. going to structure it like that. Yep. I'm going to talk about all the accolades of where I went to school whatever. And then I realized no one cares no how one cares. about that. Like, no. no one cares. And so it wasn't until I made the switch on my website where it's like, I'm Jordan. I like color and rock music and burritos. Yep. This is what I do. I can offer this for you. And then I feel like it just made more sense because it's like I'm so conversational yes. and yes. everything else I do, my Instagram captions. And I'm even going through that now with my podcast descriptions. Like all the yeah. other podcast descriptions are like, in this episode, Jordan interviews Ellie about blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I have that. But I'm like, this sounds weird. I feel like I should change them all to be like, today I interviewed today, so-and-so. Today, yeah. And so that's just something so small. But it, it's like these fake barriers that we create for ourselves because we see for someone sure. else doing it. And I'm like, well, so I must have to do it that way too. For sure. And, and it doesn't see- mean that. And you have, in some ways, I have the imposter syndrome at times where I'm like, I'm such an imposter. Like, I don't belong in this space. I don't have enough years of experience. But then all it takes is one time of proving to myself and to my clients that I genuinely have added value. Like, as an example, I was telling my husband about a client of mine who we started working together. And a couple days in, she informed me that, she didn't want to find a job locally, which I was going to help her with local contacts. She decided she wanted to move to Chicago, which as a career consultant, you're like, okay, I, okay, new challenge. Like, I don't know a ton of people in Chicago, but I'm going to do my best. I'm going to reach out to my contacts, da, 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 da. Long story short, she ended up, she's there. She just started her job in Chicago a week ago with a contact that I connected her with. And I was telling my husband this story and he's like, do you understand? You just... 
you just provided so much value. She she probably would either still be looking or have settled somewhere else or done something else. But like, you need to take those moments of confidence building and like meditate on them because it's times like that where it's sending you in the positive direction of I am successful. Mm-hmm. I provide value for my clients. I do a good work, and I think it's easy in the every day of sitting at my coffee at my kitchen table doing my work on my computer feeling like I'm an imposter and I shouldn't be in this world it's easy to forget that we we as entrepreneurs as creatives as people hustling you know for lack of a better way of saying it um we're providing so much value to people and it's in the little moments of doubt that we need to remind ourselves of that incredible value so that's another little small anecdote but um yeah I just think it's really really important for anyone especially those of us who are like jumping off onto our own into the abyss of the unknown (laughs) no it's so true because I'm the same way because my opinion of what provides value or what is successful Mm -hmm. isn't always the same as like what actually has been done so like you said like I could have taken this photo six years ago it's terrible but like it's on that person's like wall in their house they are obsessed with it they tell all their friends about me they love it and I'm like that is not what I consider successful but then you hear it and you're like okay well I changed someone's little life for that moment or whatever and you don't even know made an impact you don't know like what those situations are yeah Um, because I'm in my head like I'm not doing these big fancy cool things or or whatever and it's like sometimes it's just those little things like maybe someone saw my Instagram photo and made them smile that day or whatever totally or they listen to this podcast and they like have clarity on hiring you or wanting to do whatever wanting to do whatever no yeah so it's easy like you said to sit at home and be like it's not a big deal like I'm just doing this. I'm just, it's not a big deal but sometimes yeah. it is a big deal to someone who is on the other end yeah and it's really important to remind ourselves. and I always get kind of embarrassed when I see like this weekend I was back in Atlanta for this conference and I also had a friend's wedding so I got to see tons of friends from college and old co-workers and just people that I don't interact with every day because they all live in Atlanta and I had a bunch of people coming up to me like oh my gosh you're doing such a good job and I was so like embarrassed at first like oh I don't want to talk about this like I just I was like I don't know what to say and I'm so great I'm so grateful that they are following along and watching my Instagram stories or seeing you know my speaking engagements and they're just so curious and they're so proud and at first it's like kind of embarrassing because I don't know what they're I, doing. I'm like, I don't follow them. Yes, I don't know. And, and I'm like, I they don't see me on a Tuesday waking up with my dog, like, drinking my coffee, trying to prep the day, thinking, like, I don't know what the heck is going on this yeah. week in my life. And just that, like, unknown, it feels like I'm such an imposter. But then when they are complimenting me and just being great friends, honestly, and really encouraging, that means everything to me because they see me doing a good work and – I don't get to talk to them ever because I'm here and most of my people are there and just remembering that there are people, people wouldn't be around listening to what I had to say if there wasn't value in it. Um, but it is, anytime I get like a message a on Instagram, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's impacting someone. It's like affecting someone. This is such, it's worth it to me. Mm-hmm. Like and all of this stress and all of this unknown is so worth that result. So It's something that happens to me as well because mm-hmm. it'll be like, I'm from, like, kind of a small town. And, like, yeah. people back there be like, you're doing great. I saw this. And they know everything about what's yep. happening because yep. I share so much. And I truly don't even know the first thing about what they're up to. And I feel terrible. Yes. But it's, yes. like, a cool thing. I'm glad to see you're listening to the podcast. Exactly. That you like what I'm doing out there. and Or someone will come up and be like, oh, I are you Jordan? I follow you on Instagram. And I am flattered, but I have no idea what to say because I'm like, oh, who okay. are you? <laughs> you're <laughs> like, hi, I'm Jordan. Yeah, nice yes. to meet And they're you. like, I know. And I'm 
like, oh, it's nice okay, to meet you. And it, yeah. But then it, it puts into perspective, like, well, people are caring. Like, they that's care cool. about what I do. But, I yeah. mean, maybe it's helped them out or whatever. And yeah. And I don't know what to say still. And so it, it is exciting, but it's also almost embarrassing because you're like, oh. Yeah. Or, like, if you're with people, like, they, they're like. Yes. Oh. Yes. Like, Christian, my, my boyfriend and his friends, we went, um, so White Light Night or Hot yeah. Art Cool Nights, one of those. I don't know. Yeah. Because I'm a couple blocks off government. We walked to Radio Bar one night for one of those things, and I literally ran into everyone that I've ever met in my entire life and oh, their right. mother. Exactly. In that moment. And so my boyfriend and his roommate were like, you're the mayor of Baton Rouge. You need to shut up. Like, we need to go inside and get a, a beer. And I'm like, this is exciting. It's also really kind of embarrassing and weird, but it's because everyone that's ever hired me or talked to me or I went to school with, they're all they're right all here right now. They're all this event. And yeah. so it's so weird to go from one person to the next, and I'm like, that's, it's crazy, but... It's humbling because you're like, this is cool. I like, yes. feel so connected right now. Yes. Like, I've worked with all of y'all or I've met you all or we all know each other somehow. And, somehow, and yeah. It's, but it's also like, they're like, okay, shut up. Like, let's go inside and get a beer. Like, you need to stop. Yes, exactly. to <laughs> and you're like, I'll meet you inside. Like, yeah. you go ahead. Yeah, I know. And I, and it is like, you feel so embarrassed to talk about your, it's crazy to say because you're on Instagram all the time or you're storying or whatever. Like, your job is filling in people and what's going on in your life, but yet, when they want to talk to you about it, it's like, like no, 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 let's talk about you. <laughs> like, yeah, let's change the subject. But, um, no, it is. It's awesome. And, um, I'm, I'm grateful for Instagram because honestly, that's like the only way that I can really share who I am on a greater scale and hopefully, um, show people that I'd be someone fun to work with and all that good stuff, which again, in an interview setting, you're, like I said before, showing them that you're a human being. So that's my goal, right? Yes, I am a quote unquote career consultant or personal or professional development consultant but I'm really just Ellie who is obsessed with her dog and lives in Baton Rouge and wants to see you succeed whatever that looks like um so yeah it's it's fun and and I love it I'm so grateful to get to do it and it's so fun to share with your podcast listeners (laughs) well I think it's pretty obvious that you are an interviewing expert because like this has been a very amazing interview oh. like you're so good with your words you don't say um Thank near you. as much as me or a lot of other people like you're so good with your words you're very like um articulate and thought like you're very thoughtful about what you're gonna say and Thank this you. has been like i haven't had to say very much in this interview which is always good i want <laughs> that's like the goal because if it's just too I'm much sorry. of me no no that's the goal i love that you've you've talked most of the time which is like always my goal mm-hmm. because otherwise the podcast episode would be the same every time i'm just It'd gonna ask the same kind of questions yeah totally so um no i think you've been amazingly valuable like, to you. everything you've good, said. Good, Um And I want everyone to know where to find you. So where can people find you, hire yes. you, keep up with you? Yes. Um, okay, so I mentioned Instagram. So my Instagram handle is at fourth, and it's it's as in go forth, so F-O-R-T-H. Not the number, but the action. Mm-hmm. Um, so fourth underscore LLC. Okay. My personal, I don't post a lot on my personal, but my personal is at Ellie Overholt. My name is spelled, I believe, in the um, yeah. Instagram or in the podcast uh, description. My website is go dash forth, but for all you Louisiana folks, it is G E A U X dash forth dot com. Um, I'm sure I'll have Jordan post that as well, so it's an easy yeah. click. Um, the biggest thing I will say that's kind of coming down the pipe. So, first of all, I meet with clients all the time, and the way that I work is 
we can connect either on Instagram or on um, the contact us form on my website. And I always do a free coffee consultation. So we'll meet somewhere. Or if you're not in Baton Rouge, um, I do a Skype session with you and just take like 15 minutes and hear about um, what you need. Like I mentioned before, I stopped offering just blanket service packages because I just want to help you achieve your goals. So we'll do a quick consultation and then we'll go from there and I'll offer proposal packages. But what's super exciting um, that Fourth is doing this year, um, I am in the process of building out an online course. Yeah. It's going to be called the Go Forth course. But specifically, this first iteration is how to land the job that you'll want to brag about. So it's going to walk through everything, resume, cover letters, networking with templates. So like something that holds up my clients a lot is I want to reach out to this person, but I'm nervous and I hand I handhold a lot of it of this is what you should say so there will be like copy and paste email templates plug and play put in your information send it off um, plus interviewing tips practicing mock interviewing all the things up until like signing the contract of your job so it'll be at a price point that's way more achievable for a younger person um, and it allows them to get that same information that I would provide from a consulting perspective so That'll be launching, but the only way you can know about the launch is if you sign up for my email list. So yes. that is through my website. Just go on the website and plug in your email for the fourth family. It'll pop up right when you when you get there. So that's how you can find me. But please connect with me. I love connecting with people that are passionate about this space and interested in what's next for their career and ready to go forth. So you're so on brand. I love it. Oh, so on brand. <laughs> Fourth is an easy word to plug into anything. So that's why I'm like, okay, that was a good word choice well, for sure. I always say go forth and prosper. Like yeah. I literally say yeah. it all the time. So oh, it's and perfect. it's so great. At the end of my blogs, I'm always like, if it's an interv- if it's like a resume thing, I'm like, go forth and resume on. Like go forth and Amazing. interview on. Yeah. It's Genius. real easy. It's real Genius. easy. <laughs> I actually stole it from my sister. Do we have time for a quick story on of how course, forth? Of course. Okay, so my sister, my oldest sister is amazing. She's actually currently living in Spain Ooh. and I'm going to visit her in March, so I'm pumped. But she started an Instagram a long time ago. She no longer runs it, um, which is why I convinced her to let me steal it. But it was called Go Forth, not the Louisiana way, just G-O Forth. And the whole purpose of the Instagram was to identify people in their life, like, going forth and doing things that they believed in. So she would highlight, like, she found all birds, like the tennis shoes, the really popular trendy tennis shoes that are, like, sustainable and all that stuff. She found them so long ago and, like, highlighted them. Just, I mean, not, like, for pay, nothing. Just would, like, write up a little blurb, post a picture and be like, hey, guys, like, they're going forth. Go purchase their shoes. Or, like, people, if they had, like, people in Africa making dresses and, like, raising money for the communities there, like that sort of thing, she would highlight all these people going forth in their work. And so I kept telling my husband, like, I don't know what to name this business. I I, I just honestly said, I was like, I really just kind of want to name it, like, after what my sister did because that's what I want to do, but for people going forth, like, in their careers mm-hmm. for students. And so I was talking to her about it. She's like, yeah, girl, you got it. You can take it. She's like, I don't run that Instagram anymore She because she does a podcast and crazy other stuff. But she's like, you can take it. And then when I was, like, thinking about it, I was like, you know what? I want it to be short. I want it to be more versatile. So I just focused on just fourth. And so, yeah, that's how it was born. I love it. But I have to give my sister credit. Credit to Meredith Mayo. um, (laughs) Go forth initial. And she's still – you should follow her on Instagram, really, because she's hysterical. But um, What's her podcast? So her podcast is Room for Both podcast. Okay. And 
her and her best friend from college, they actually both are living abroad, which is weird, but they just talk about things that are honestly kind of controversial, like, in the world, not just, like, politics, but actually not even politics, but, like, kind of ideals, but, like, they say that they create room for both ideas. That's so awesome. they make room for the funny and the serious, um, the like religious and non-religious, like all of it, but it's like a safe space to discuss it and they'll bring on like they talk about the Enneagram. Are you talk, are you familiar with the Enneagram? Okay, yes, kind of. Someone else told me about this the other day and then they were like, Yeah, you already did that and I was like, Did I? So I think I did it. Okay, you might have done it and there's like a number scale and they like yeah. dive into that and they talk about how like some people don't like it and some people do and why and what the difference is. And it's just literally a space for both. So it's called room for both. That's is awesome. the podcast. Yeah. That's literally all the topics I'm not gonna talk about in here because I'm yeah, yeah, so yeah. afraid of controversial <laughs> anything. Me too, me too. I'm so afraid That's why of I it. haven't been on her podcast. <laughs> I'm like, don't bring me on. Because I don't want you to quiz on. me on anything because yes, I don't have any information yes. to back up my opinion. Yes. But anyway, so that's how Fourth was born through my sister, cool. uh, Meredith. Yeah. Well, I'm going to link all of your stuff and her podcast you're in the so show kind. notes because yeah. I think that's really interesting. And obviously, she if you're listening, you like podcasts, so you should totally. To and she's a stuff. she's a riot. Like if you think I'm a talker, I couldn't get a word in at family dinner if that tells you <laughs> anything about my family and the amount of talking we can do. So, well, this has been incredible. Yes, thank you, Jordan, for having me. No, and, thank you. Um, I hope I know we're obviously getting to sit in her apartment in her studio, but just know her apartment is totally on brand. <laughs> The clowns are a real thing. Her bar cart's amazing. So if you're listening, keep listening. She's the bomb. Thanks. I will, I guess, link a picture of my clowns in the bar cart. Do it. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Do it. Amazing. Hey, y'all, just popping in to give a big thanks to you for tuning into this episode of Do What You Want Radio. As always, if you are enjoying what you're listening to, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes and follow if you're on Spotify. I am super active on my Instagram account at Jordan Heffler if you're interested in keeping up with me there. And I also have a weekly email newsletter that you can subscribe to at jordanheffler.com slash subscribe. Every Thursday, I send out a tip of the week along with promotional information about my Do What You Want workshop series, online e-courses that help you learn to create authentically branded content that leverage growth on your social media platforms all by yourself. I also have Lightroom presets, merchandise, and just general information about my life and photography business in these email newsletters. Y'all are so awesome for listening. Thank you so much. And until next time, keep doing what you want. (laughs) Did that sound too fake?